Welcome to Chronic Risk, the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. Stay tuned for expert advice and analysis on issues pertaining to risk in the cannabis industry from NCRMA's members and certified service partners. Chronic Risk, secured by the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, starts now. Welcome to another episode of Chronic Risk, the voice of the NCRMA, which is the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. Today, I'm your host, Rocco Petrilli. I'm chairman of the NCRMA, and I'd like to thank you all for joining us. Chronic Risk is a podcast that gives insights on risk in the cannabis industry from NCRMA's partners, members, and affiliates. And something that's very near to everyone's heart in the emerging markets, primarily what we're looking at right now, New York and New Jersey, is the detailed and complex licensing application process. Basically, everyone shot to get it right. And the chances are, if you've made it to this point, you've already invested a lot of time, money, and energy into the process. When you first step into cannabis, you learn quickly that the regulations are not only complex and intricate, but constantly changing per state. The details through this process are as important and difficult to navigate and are full of roadblocks roadblocks that threaten to derail your cannabis business goals before you even get started. It's easy to get lost, overwhelmed, and feel frustrated as regulations continue to change and your costs continue to rise even before you get started. The NCRMA is all about risk and risk management in the creation of our innovative and disruptive risk management platform for our members in the cannabis industry. Our mission is to make our members better through education, support, and expertise. And one of the ways we do that is that we surround ourselves with subject matter experts that we call service partners that are much more capable in helping our members address these risk issues than what we're able to vertically integrate internally. Today, we're talking to Emily Seelman, who's CEO of Canna Business Services. She and her powerhouse team of consultants provide the highest level of certainty in this uncertain market when it comes to the application and licensing process. Canna Business Services serves clients across the US and Canada and maintains a global network. From the initial stages of development to your end goal, Canada Business Services is prepared for your unique challenges and will provide entry-level and ongoing support to your goals. As a woman-owned and woman-led full-service cannabis industry consultancy, Canada Business Services benefit those just getting started, as well as veterans in championing your success. It is of great pleasure and pride that we welcome the founder and CEO of Canada Business Services today, Emily Seelman, to our show. Em, thanks for joining us. Rocco, I'm excited to be here today and add some value to the listeners and, of course, to the NCRMA members who are taking seriously how to mitigate risk and, and uh, I think, excel in this industry. I know, Emily, 
for, for some time now, we'll get into a little bit of our history, but I will say that she's a very modest person, so it's going to make her uncomfortable, but I need to share a little bit about her background for our listeners uh, before we get started. Uh, armed with her legal background and business marketing degree and startup industry experience, Emily and Canada Business Services bring unmatched combination of multifaceted knowledge and dedication to the table. Emily's a graduate of Grove City College in Pennsylvania, graduating with high honors in marketing management and the Dean's List with distinction. And those of you that don't know Grove City need to know that it's a university that's built very much on honesty, integrity, and the honor system. So Emily's accomplishments there should go with high mention. After college, she attended Duquesne University School of Law in Pittsburgh. She earned her JD and graduated cum laude with an additional award for highest graded expert evidence in her graduating class. Also during her time in law school, Emily was a distinguished junior staff editor, award winner at Duquesne for the Law Review Journal and a representative of the school for the Pennsylvania Bar and Association and Allegheny County Bar Association, Women in Law Division. She's also vice, was vice president of the Christian Legal Society. And I'm sure those of you that have some time in business and in industry know that sometimes there's a real contradiction between Christian values and practicing law. But Emily has been able to transcend those. Emily worked with uh, Leash Tishman, which is the third largest law firm in the city of Pittsburgh. And from there, she discovered and transitioned into her true passion, and that's cannabis business and consulting. So Em, as, as I alluded to, uh, let's start by informing our listeners that you and I sort of hooked up and worked together for a period of time as we were both transitioning into cannabis from somewhat distinctly different backgrounds. And, and I'm proud to look back in those days and say that I think the process and time that we spent together, which was appreciable, particularly those, those 2 a.m. sessions at, at Burn over bourbon and cigars, <laughs> was really instrumental in making and helping us both find our sweet spot. So what really brought you to the cannabis industry? Thank you, Rocco. Thank you for the introduction. By the way, that was lovely. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I look back with fondness over our time uh, spent together as we dabbled in the industry and um, had our, our whiskey and cigars and, and networked and met some amazing people along the way and experienced the crazy, crazy world that is cannabis in the cannabis industry. Um, I actually got my start in the industry when I was practicing as an attorney. And even prior to that, uh, the medical industry or decriminalization, I should say, was just getting into Pennsylvania. So I had worked for a practicum, uh, an uh, urban practicum uh, through law school. And one of my duties as part of that group was to research uh, the decriminalization of cannabis in the city of Pittsburgh. And I had my thoughts around cannabis and really did not like cannabis at the time. I um, grew up in Western Pennsylvania, you know, very traditional area, very conservative area. And 
Um, I just kind of grew up with what I was told around uh, about cannabis and through dare programs and things like that. And, um, but as I was doing this research, what I was finding in data conflicted with what I was feeling emotionally about cannabis. And what I realized is that my opinion had to change when it was met with facts about the plant. And so I, I really kind of did a 180 on my view just by looking into the history and the politics surrounding cannabis and realizing it is truly just a plant that has been, been manipulate, manipulated and used as a tool um, for generations. And um, so that kind of shifted my my view on it. And as I started practicing law, uh, cannabis was becoming introduced on the medical side of things far past decriminalization at that point, And a medical program was being introduced to the state. So um, our firm was looking to get into it. I helped the firm build their cannabis division and learned a lot on the regulatory side of cannabis and worked with and had the pleasure of working with many different consultants and groups in the industry to that point. And Pennsylvania kind of marked a standard or a, a milestone in the industry where cannabis was shifting from that West Coast style to the East Coast, Midwest style and, and East Coast and Midwest states were really taking a strong look at what went wrong on the West Coast and how they could close those gaps and loopholes and really come up with a more structured program that was um, heavily regulated and uh, maintained compliance with those rules and had operators that promised, at least promised to uh, abide by those regulations and would be held to that if they did promise it. So having that experience and being able to work successfully with individuals and teams who were looking to apply in Pennsylvania, um, I was part of the group that, that helped um, a team obtain a license in Pennsylvania and being one of the first to enter that market in a hyper-competitive round. Uh, I saw a lot of needs that were, were arising in the industry. One of those was the need for consultants that provided a work product and a work ethic that only attorneys really can bring. And by that, I mean, there's a standard of writing, a standard of research, a standard of regulatory compliance that occurs uh, from a legal aspect that, that doesn't necessarily occur when someone just opens up a, a standard consulting company. All right, super. Uh, really, one of the reasons that uh, the service partnership between the NCRMA and, and uh, Cannabis and Services makes sense is that as you and I found out in our early association, I mean, we're truly interested in helping our members, making our members better or clients. And, uh, you know, we want to be involved from, from the start to the end. Uh, so, you know, we help you with uh, risk management needs. You help us with identifying the early starters. And, you know, we both agree that risk management management is one of the components that's very necessary for cannabis companies to start very early in, in their cannabis lives in order to be successful. But we're focused on the hot states. And uh, if you can tell us pretty quickly before we go to break, what, what are the hot states right now? And, uh, you know, let, let's inform the people, you know, where, where, where we're spending our time. And then we, when we come back and break, when, back up. When we come back from break, we can tell them how we can help them. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone is focused heavily on New Jersey and New York. There's some other states that are opening up, Alabama being one. Um, Georgia's going through some transitions right now. Ohio's open. You've got some West Coast states that are open. Pennsylvania introducing some adult use legalization bills. But right now, I think the focus, the hot states are definitely New Jersey and New York. 
All right. Well, before anybody goes to New Jersey or New York, they deserve a break. So we're going to take one and we'll be back shortly to talk about the activity in those states and primarily how cannabis, cannabis business services can help you succeed. This is Rocco Petrilli for Chronic Risk. Chronic Risk will continue after we visit our certified advertisers. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The The Green Green Peak Peak with Richard Zwicky. You're listening to the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, NCRMA's Chronic Risk, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with Emily Seelman, CEO of Cannabis Business Services. And we were just talking about uh, the, the, the tremendous activity that's going on in uh, New York and New Jersey and how we're positioning ourselves and our companies to be of assistance. Uh, Emily, the New Jersey CRC just uh, had a webinar yesterday that I know you participated in that discussed the latest information for New Jersey applicants. Your appearance on chronic risk is timely because uh, that is good, be very re- relevant information to those that are interested in cannabis commerce in New Jersey. What were some of the items that you discussed? Sure. Yep. This was a, a webinar that the Cannabis Regulatory Commission put out and offered to the public. There were over a thousand attendees. Um, and over 500 questions submitted just during the webinar alone. Um, so um, what we got to listen to was really interesting. They really hit uh, with a broad brush uh, some of the topics that I think applicants should know just from a foundational perspective. And one of those being, you know, how to start a company and what you can file, what entities you can file as you need to get your EIN number, those types of foundational principles um, that kind of set the framework for what you do next. And then they sp- spoke on the license types that are available and then the application types, conditional application, annual application, the nuances that are particular to New Jersey. Any Um, surprises? Surprises, a few. Um, You know, I think think we're all a little bit excited about the fact that it is a rolling application window. And by that, I mean, you know, everyone is expecting this to be maybe a three-month, four-month process where you have an, an opening date and then you have to submit by a certain date. Um, and New Jersey basically announced that they will, and it's it's hinted at in the regulations as well, but they will open the window and it will be open until it's not. Um, so I will caution everyone's excitement just to um, not to, you know, temper it completely, but to just caution everyone that the window will remain open for as long as there is market demand. And so there must be some sort of internal metric that the CRC has where they will say, okay, we've had, we have enough license holders. Let's close the program for now. Um, But that kind of shifts into the, the need to get your application started. And part of that, um, which was another exciting thing that they spoke on and and coincides nicely with this, this radio show is, um, there is a need for a plan to 
be covered by insurance. And that's not often a direct requirement in the States, although it is something that I always ask my clients to obtain because it's something that's so overlooked on the application side of things, but it is so necessary to get that plan laid out in advance of winning a license. Um, here in New Jersey, they are going to require that as part of the application. Um, and that's, I think, where the NCRMA can come in and really support people in a big way. Yeah, obviously, uh, it, it's certainly a place where we can contribute uh, to, just for everybody's edification. Uh, uh, the NCRMA got into the business from the risk management side and is combating the message right now that insurance is equal to risk management because it certainly isn't. You know, insurance is a method of which uh, companies can transfer or share some of the risk that they can't totally uh, eliminate or mitigate with, with sound risk management principles. And uh, what, what we've done to do that is, is that we've established a captive that is owned by the association that is really focused on those members that uh, will have risk management at their core. And the best way to create that uh, relationship with risk management in your company and the intimacy that's necessary for you to be successful is uh, to create that process early. So we're, we're working with cannabis and services, and then we'll also be there to provide uh, direction uh, on, on some of uh, that, those necessary insurance coverages with, with our captive uh, products. Uh, you recently spoke at NECAN. Uh, in New Jersey, in Atlantic City, a couple of weekends ago. Uh, we attended, uh, spent some time together there, which was, uh, which was uh, personally satisfying as well as professionally. Uh, you sent me a text and asked me where I was, and I text back and I told you I was at the bar, which was really no surprise to you. So, uh, but, but it was nice to look up or hook up. We had a couple of our risk managers there that I was able to introduce Emily to, but uh, in your speaking engagement, which I've, you know, I heard some, some, uh, you know, very, uh, what I would call flattering uh, reviews from, from those that attended, what did you discuss? Thank you for that, Rocco. I, we discussed, I, just to keep it high level, really three main points. One is to, if you are looking to apply or get in the, in this cannabis space in New Jersey, or even New York or other states, um, particularly for this talk, it was focused on New Jersey. If you're looking to apply, you need to have one, your strategy. And if you don't have your strategy in place, you're, you're setting yourself up to fail. And part of that in, includes your risk mitigation, your insurance coverage, all of those items and, and nuances we discussed, your application type and things like that. The second is start yesterday. And by that, I mean, if you're still thinking about applying, but you're not executing every day that goes by, you're lowering your chances of winning a license. Your competition started a year ago, two years ago, and you need to be on that level. Um, and three, kind of check under the hood. You know, who is, is joining your team? What consultants are you bringing to the table? What insurance companies are you, are you bringing into your team for coverage? There's a lot of predatory insurance companies out there. There's a lot of predatory consulting companies out there. There's a lot of companies that outsource uh, their writing team. And that was something we touched on at the, the conversation in, at NECAN in New Jersey. There's a lot of groups that outsource their writing teams. And so you don't actually know who you're getting. And it results in a fractured application uh, that comes from a number of different groups that you don't actually know who is preparing your application. Um, and similarly, on the insurance front, Rocco, it's something you and I spoke, at, spoke about at length. Um, and that's 
the these insurance companies who come in promise the world and say yes we're, you're covered you've got maximum coverage or they throw a lot of terms out there that people don't actually know uh, what they're getting but they know they have to check a box and when it comes time to actually operating they don't actually know what coverage they have uh, they don't actually know if it will be valid when at the time that they need it if they need it and they know nothing about risk mitigation to prevent the need to pull, to draw on insurance. So um, it was an important conversation. And I think it's important to continue that conversation here today. Emily, you, you hit on some great points there. Uh, today, and I know we date ourselves a bit, which, which our producer doesn't like, but uh, this is being recorded on October the 14th, which is, which is a big day for cannabis insurance, uh, seminars and summits. Uh, insurance Journal is airing one today, as is business insurance, which are really the two biggest players in the industry. And what, what I do is, is I publish a series of uh, rules for, for those members and those people that are looking for cannabis insurance. And, and today we published rule number seven in, in what's going to be a series of 15 that basically says, a lot of things on the airways today, don't believe everything you hear, make sure you verify. And uh, again, one, one of the, I think, uh, common bonds in terms of clarity and alignment between the NCRMA and Canada Business Services as a service partner is uh, the fact that we build ourselves on responsiveness and integrity. And that's something we'll always guarantee. We, we can't always guarantee the best result, the lowest premium, whatever the case may be, but we can promise you honestly, honesty and integrity, and we'll continue to build from that. So, so let's talk just a little bit more about risk management and insurance and its role in the licensing process. Uh, Emily, is, is it ever too early for, for a, can, a, a budding, no pun intended, cannabis company to, to uh, get its hooks into risk management? Well, I, I think it's one of those those items that if you think that you're going to get away with going in blind and not having an understanding of it, it's going to be too late because by the time you need it, you're going to be caught off guard. You're not going to be covered the way you uh, need to be covered. You're not going to have in place the systems and processes that could have resolved or mitigated completely a risk that you participated in for far too long. That could result in infractions on your license that could be carried with you for the rest of your time in the cannabis industry. If you're looking to expand into other states, you have to disclose uh, many things and these states operate in transparency. So if there's something that you can avoid through preparation, I always suggest preparing. And that's something that expands far beyond the cannabis industry, but in particular to this industry, understanding compliance, understanding risk mitigation, um, realizing that that's something you need to also have started yesterday um, rather than down the road or rather than thinking about post-licensure or only if you win a license. I think if you wait like that, it's it's far too late. Um, and I think that's what I appreciate about the NCRMA and it's, um, you know, selfishly, it's it helps my clients significantly and I want to see them succeed. Um, but just from a an unbiased perspective, when I step back and I look at and from a comparison standpoint, the NCRMA and its product offerings um, through uh, versus these other groups that are out there, um, setting aside the predatory practices that are largely out there in this cannabis space. I mean, you're when you're looking at insurance that is part of 
risk mitigation or risk management, that comes with a lot more items than when you're obtaining insurance that doesn't think about or consider or include risk management in your practices. So now one of those biggest pieces being education. I think we just go into it blindly. We don't know much about it and we educate ourselves only when we need to. And that's usually when that's usually far too late. Um, what I appreciate about the NCRMA is that you provide education, risk management education. Um, and that I think is in consultation. And that I think is what sets you apart from other groups. Well, Emily, it's probably obvious to our listeners by now that you and I can go all day, but uh, we have a finite time and we have our sponsors that we need to satisfy. So we're going to take another short break with Emily Seelman, CEO of Cannabis Services, and, and back and uh, talk about uh, specifically some future items and concerns that are in front of both companies. Rocco Petrulli, again, Chairman, NCRMA. Chronic Risk Risk will continue after we visit our certified advertisers. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take anywhere treat. You're listening to the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, NCRMA's Chronic Risk only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with Emily Seelen, Cannabis Business Services. Uh, we're talking about uh, application processes, the place for insurance and risk management, what, what, what some of the derailers are. Emily, if you could take a 30-second opportunity with any applicant that's entering into the cannabis market. What is the single biggest piece of advice that you could give them? I think it's start preparing yesterday. (laughs) That's it, that's the biggest piece of advice. And that spans from starting your strategy, put in place who you're gonna acquire on your team, how you're gonna get some support. The more you delay that, even if you think you need to wait until an application round opens, that's too late. Um, you need the the preparedness that is required in the application industry is unlike any other industry. You have to have a lot of things in place. It's almost backwards. There's things you need to understand and have a grasp on before you even have the business operating, uh, not only insurance, but how you're going to put your processes and procedures together, what your safety plan is, what your uh, security plan is. All of these things that tie into risk mitigation are required on the state level and even on the local level. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. And the more you delay, the more you hurt your chances of, of getting into this industry. Super, Emily. You know, we talked a little bit about uh, the insurance side and, and you really have to be inside this machine that understand the dynamics that are happening right now. Because on the surface, you'll hear, you'll hear people make claims that, that cannabis uh, insurance uh, experiences currently are... Uh, are good and and they are good for the people that are selling the insurance and and the reason why is 
is there's a lot of misrepresentation in terms of what coverages are really being offered. So, so on the surface, when you hear somebody on the insurance side make a, make a statement that, uh, well, claims are very low, uh, that's, that's a truthful statement. But the reason, our claim, the reason that claims are very low is the fact that many of the claims aren't being honored because the people who bought the insurance don't have the coverages that they thought they had. And that's one of the things that certainly we're, we're setting out to try to rectify. Emily, you were you were kind enough to talk about our educational process. Uh, we've tied that into now um, a separate uh, company that's part of our family called National Cannabis Risk Prevention Services, and uh, it, it ties back into the really parental unit of this family, the NCRMA, whose uh, mission statement is to make our members better through education, support, and expertise. Uh, you're in the process of developing a licensing and application course for our academy. Tell us what we can expect from that course and, and some of the topics that you'll be covering. Yes, I'm really excited about the, the course. It's really going to start out as an application preparation 101 type of course, maybe a 201. Uh, if I split it in two, it's getting pretty lengthy, but I, there's a lot of details that I want to share with people because you don't get this information unless you're in the industry actively for years. So, you know, I really just want to get people thinking about the roadmap, you know, understanding their markets, selecting the right state, uh, understanding the rules of the road. So their regulations uh, the importance of the regulations, regulatory compliance, and the history and framework of the rules, because the spirit of the law is just as important as what is written on paper um, and, and reflecting that in your application, understanding what license types are available, what application types are available, and then really just getting into the meat of it. So team selection, strategies around your team, strategies around bringing cannabis experience to the table and ancillary experience to the table, your finances, um, investors, location. And then I, I jump into the unexpected hazards that, that you may experience, delays by the state, FAQ changes that result to changes in the actual application itself, uh, the challenges of doing it yourself versus doing it with a guide, um, your competition, what multi-state operators bring to the table, some ways you can stand out and how to think like a multi-state operator so that you can become competitive in the state. And of course, throwing some bonus items in there, um, speaking about how to find the right consultant, uh, you know, how to jump into new states without um, putting yourself too far behind, attorney representation, CPA representation, and other items like that. So it's gonna be an exciting course, and I'm, I'm hopeful that it will provide maximum value to, to the listeners. And, and that'll be uh, that'll be finished up uh, before we meet next week, right? I I, I I am hopeful that it will be. I'm only joking. I'm <laughs> only joking. Uh, speaking of that, we are meeting in at uh, MJ BizCon next week, uh, along with probably most everybody else in the industry. Uh, NCRMA is sponsoring a risk management partner dinner on Tuesday evening that Emily will be attending, and, and we're looking forward to some real good fellowship and professional and personal exchange there. Emily, once again, thanks for everything you've done for me personally in this business, what you've shared with us, and, and what you're doing with your continued partnership with the NCRMA. Uh, one thing we know for sure is that uh, unique businesses require unique solutions. And it continues to be our purpose to connect our members with experts like you. 
to make sure that their success is realized and sustainable. Uh, I guess we'll see you on Tuesday. Thanks for everything you've done. And thanks to your team. Thank you. Short and sweet, Emily Seelman describes her in many ways. This is Rocco Petrilli, chairman of the NCRMA. Thank you for joining another episode of Rocco. opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.